This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Uh, So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day. Help us to learn what you want us to learn this morning. Lord, help us to be quick learners. And Lord, I know that many times I have been in remedial class because I have not learned what you want me to learn. Lord, help us not to do that and to hear what the Spirit is saying. And Lord, help us to apply it to our lives. Let's not, Lord, help us not to be concerned about someone who could or should hear this message. But Lord, help us for ourselves to hear the message and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. What I've recognized is that pain, when you experience pain, it has uh, a reaction. It can draw you towards God or it could draw you away from God. And I've been in ministry long enough to see this play out time and time again. And you have too, haven't you? You have seen people who... uh, say and, and proclaim, and I'm sure they are, followers of Jesus, and then something happens in their lives, and then they are at the proverbial fork in the road. Do I follow after God in spite of the situation I'm in, or do I turn away from God because of the situation I'm in? As you know, if you've been here week after week, I have been reading in the Old Testament, going through the year, through the Bible, and I came across one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 84, if you have your Bibles, Psalms 84. The fork in the road. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, it even faints, For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house and they will still be praising you. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a wellspring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent of the wickedness, or tent of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. What a beautiful chapter. 
Again, let me encourage you to read Psalms 84 and just begin to let it resonate in your heart. Now, when you look at King David's life, he was a very complicated man who lived a very complicated life. When you read about his life, he has experienced mountaintop experiences and he has been in the deepest of the valleys. He has experienced, and you, and you know the story of him dancing on the streets with the whole nation dancing behind him in celebration of the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant. And then you've read in parts of the, the Old Testament his story, he has been and he's experienced valleys that were so deep, only can be described as I would say is unbearable grief. And he was there. If you have deep wounds, and I think all of us have wounds, deep wounds, then when we look at the life of David, it should resonate with us. King David personally experienced war. I, I have a pastor, his name is, uh, well, he's passed away, but his, my pastor Neville, uh, he was born in the early 30s, and he remembers the war as a young boy uh, growing up in London. And he talks about the, you know, just the travesty of buildings and people dying, classmates. So King David experienced war. He experienced exile. He re experienced rejection. He re experienced the plague. Uh, he's experienced aching loneliness. He's experienced betrayal by friends. He has experienced being falsely accused. He has been hunted like a rabbit. He has been thought to be a traitor, and sometimes they thought he was a madman. He had a wife, married another while he was away at war. His son steals his kingdom. His brothers thought he was an arrogant punk. One of his kids dies in infancy. One of his sons was a murderer and rapist. So if, if you've ever experienced any pain in your life, uh, you can at least understand a little bit what King David is going through. Now, the thing about King David is you read his story, his life, some of his valley experiences were a direct cause because of disobedience and his own sins. But some of his experiences in the valley were because of other people's sins, not caused by him. The thing about being in the valley, when you're deep down in the valley of despair, if you're there now, it's kind of like coming to your senses and you realize you're in a car and the car is sinking in some lake. The first thing you try to do is what? Figure out why you got there. No. <laughs> what you first thing you do is you're trying to unbuckle your seatbelt. You're trying to get out as fast as possible. So you wake up and you find yourself sinking in some car and the first thing you try to get out, you don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out and analyze why you got there. You're not thinking, did the brakes go bad? You know, was it the fluid? You know, none of those things are crossing your mind. You're trying to literally uh, make it to safety. 
And so when King David writes this, this passage, and he talks about as they, in verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, I am not sure which experience of the experiences that we mentioned he was talking about. We know that Baca means tears. So when he was going through the valley of tears, was it for his lost child? Was it because he was alone? And we'll never know what he's actually talking about. But that I don't think is super important. But I think all of us can relate. I believe today's message, uh, and I had already had planned this out. It had nothing to do with the memorial service we're having this afternoon, but it, it coincides, I believe, very well. All of us have experienced deep loss. I have two close friends this past year lost their adult children. They're both around 29, 30 years old and both passed of a car wreck. I know people who've lost their spouse. Think of my mom and my mother-in-law, some people have lost their spouse through death, but also another type of death is through divorce. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online. I believe that God wants to comfort us this morning and help us during this time being in the valley. Some people aren't ready to be comforted. I have a brother that works for a tree cutting company down in Sarasota. And he told me of a story of a tree cutter that fell out of the tree. I've actually have a brother-in-law that same thing happened, but this particular story is he fell out of the tree. And when they went to go help him, he didn't want to be helped. He wanted to just lay there because his bones were broken. And lifting him up or uh, acts of caring and lifting him up was not something he was ready for. Of course, the paramedics come and they put him uh, on the gurney as gently and softly as they can. And some people are in that mode right now. They're, they're not ready for anybody to, to embrace them with God's love. I don't know where King David was in this, in this journey with Jesus and, or God during his uh, writing of the Psalms 84. But I believe if we read it again, it could help us. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, it even faints for the courts of the Lord being in his presence. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There's something about being in God's presence that, that is, it's a salve to a wound. It says, even the sparrow has found a home. Even the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. There's something beautiful about that, that vivid imagery that King David gives us. King David, and this is a, a, a beginning, the, the part I'd like for us to grasp. King David was laser focused on where his heart must be, his, his soul longs for. It says, my soul longs, my soul faints, my heart cries out, my flesh cries out. For what? For the living God. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 8.35, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up to us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I love verse 35. Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? I am telling you, any valley you and I are in cannot separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? You have to embrace it. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword. And this is what it says in verse 37 of Romans chapter 8. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that's one of the things I'm trying to get across is that even in the valley, when life has thrown us a curveball, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in verse 38 of Romans chapter 8. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this morning I want to encourage us that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, for those of us who have bowed the knee to him. So one of the things I'd like to challenge us is that when you're in the valley, don't stay there. Number 18, don't linger long than you have to. We are living in an epidemic age that instead of going after God and seeking the Lord, what we have done, and I've been guilty of this, especially on social media, is what I would call self-pity. There's all sorts of studies on social media, and again, this is probably a, a, a um, it's more for a very young generation probably those in middle school and high school, but it can creep up all the way to maybe some of our, um, our millennials. Social media is inundated with self-pity, and they have coined a term. Do you guys know what that coined term is? It's called sad fishing. It first, it first came out in 2019. Um, people have been... Uh, Accused of sad fishing, I think of Justin Bieber with his uh, physical problems he had uh, recently. Uh, they were saying that he was sad fishing. I didn't read it that way. I think he was just telling the world that he has facial paralysis. It's, it, the whole concept of sad fishing is so weird because the Justin Bieber situation is that he was letting people know of his current situation. But it's such a horrendous place in the social media world is that they were bashing him for sad fishing. And so instead of in encouraging him, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't follow Justin Bieber, I just know the story. 
is that if, if you're looking for sat fishing, you will stay in, in that valley. Because sat fishing is a temporary reward you get for staying in the valley. You get a bunch of likes, but it's like eating um, kingdom donuts, a bunch of empty carbs. But we need to ask the Lord to help us not to stay longer than we have to, and that Jesus truly is our answer. Not likes, but Jesus. Sometimes God is encouraging us to move on when maybe the social likes is what's keeping us there. Let me move on. One of my favorite principles is number 19. When you're in the valley, dig. Dig. Dig deep into God's word. Dig deep into God. Dig deep into his love. Dig deep into his grace. When you're experiencing tough times, I would say drill down, bore down into God's very best, his presence. Years and years and years ago, I had the pleasure of going to a building at Florida State. Dr. Christopher Williams uh, took me there and you had to put on a parka, very, very cold. And the reason it's very cold is that they, uh, some scientists had went up to the ice caps and bored down and to get some samples. And they drilled down and they're able to experience or uh, find out what was down there thousands and thousands of years ago. And I'm asking us as a body of believers, when, it's, when you're in the, in the valley, bore down, drill down into God's best, his presence. Because look what it says in Psalms 84, verse 6. As they pass through the valley of tears, they make it a wellspring. The rains also covers it with pools. Let me encourage you, if you're going through a rough time, and if you're not going through a tough time right now, maybe mark a note and remind yourself, because we all will go through it, that when we're going through the valley of tears, through the experience of being a widow or parents of a wayward child, a spouse who's deserted, or lonely shut-in, and I can go on, I can go on with the list, an unexpected disease. Yesterday, we were watching television and watching the ACC network, and we saw one of our former FSU coaches, Mark Richt, and I knew that he was sick, and I looked it up, and I was Parkinson's. Young man, probably in his early 60s, with Parkinson's. The answer really is to go deep. Go deep. I don't, I've been looking for this story. I've read it a long time ago, but it has to do with an explorer that, that um, died from lack of water. And what they found out through satellite imagery later on in years is that uh, where he died, 
if he would have just dug in about 15 feet, there was an underground water supply. And, and I, that's always resonated with me in this challenge of, of lesson number 19. When you're in the valley, dig deep. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone here. I'm not going to call anybody out. In, embarrassing in a good way is that there are some of you, when I look at you, I know that you have gone through an incredible valley of life challenges. And the fact that you're here on a Sunday morning worshiping Jesus is a, is a testimony of you digging deep. It may not be that you've experienced the spring that David talks about here, but you're still digging, looking for that spring that God, is God's presence. And for you that have experienced these things of, of what I've just mentioned, I, I tip my hat off to you and I want to encourage you to keep digging and, and keep digging and keep digging because God's presence is with you. There's nothing that can separate you from God's presence. But don't give up. Don't get to that fork of the road. And you know what? You're going to go to the opposite direction of going after God. When you're at that fork in the road, you got to decide, do I, you know, life stinks. I've had some, no cause of my own. These things have happened. Lord, where, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I, I guarantee the answer is not away from him, is run towards him. I'm going to ask Bryce to um, call up Joanne. Uh, if we could finish our time together in, uh, in praying for one another, that when we're in the valley of tears, that Jesus, our living water himself, will fill us with peace and joy, and that God would give us hope and the strength to continue on, to continue to seek him, and follow after him and not to pitch our tent in the valley, but if the Lord's teaching us and asking us to move on, then we do. And let's not be succumbed to the, the, the seduction of sad fishing. It's just empty carbs. What we need is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day. We ask that you'd be with us during these tough times. Lord, I pray for the Martin family and Lord, for the Register family. Lord, I pray God as they're going through a tough time, the loss of a beautiful angel named Luz here on earth, Lord. We know we, she's rejoicing with you, but here, Lord, we, um, we feel the loss. Lord, I pray God for Dave and Lavella and Daniel and their kids Lord, that they would dig deep and that they would sense your presence and that, Lord, they know that without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is the living waters, the living waters, and that they would never thirst. And, Lord, that that living water will bring them peace and joy and, and hope. Lord, we say thank you, Father. And we exalt your name. If anybody here, just eyes closed, head bowed. And you say, Pastor, I need some help. Um, sometimes I want to throw in the towel because um, somehow we've been convinced that throwing in the towel will be better for us. And I've been there. I thank the Lord I didn't, but I've been there. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Amen. Yes. I see hands going up. 
Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to pass through the valley of tears. Help us to be quick learners. Help us to pass through the valley. And Lord, when while we're there, Lord, that if we have to dig, Lord, dig, help us to dig deep into your love, into your word, into yourself. Help us to bore down into your very presence. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be with those who raise their hands, God. Help them, help me, help us, Lord, to dig deep. We love you, Father. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling with loneliness. Lord, I pray, God, that you would be their all in all. Lord, the, the feeling of rejection, Lord, I pray, God, that you would be their all in all. Lord, we say thank you for being that. Lord, if you want us, your body of believers, Lord, to be your agents of grace, Lord, help us to be aware. Help us to keep our spiritual and physical eyes open to see someone who might need a care, a caring touch from you, God. Lord, we say thank you. We love you. Let's go ahead and stand as we finish our sermon this morning with this song. In Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.